welcome to the Thought Echoes podcast, where we have an opportunity to listen in as people reflect on their relationship with their thoughts and their creative work and how it's changed since their brain injury. My name is Beth Bonnes, host of the Thought Echoes podcast. Thanks for joining. I hope you enjoyed this month's interview. My working memory is, is yeah. one of the things I got da- damaged. And so um, preparing for things is not something I can do anymore, mm-hmm. which is frustrating because that kind of used to be my job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we'll just, it'll be like a, ja- a jazz improv. <laughs> it, it definitely, it will be. <laughs> and I'm, be- I'm better at, at, at that. I just to warn you, though, I can stall. Okay. Out no for periods. I didn't have a stroke. I had a traumatic brain injury. I was li- living uh, in Hawaii on the island of Molokai. Which I, I've been there for ten, 10 or I'm not sure ten or twelve, maybe fourteen years, and um, my now ex-wife had a nonprofit that was growing structural bamboo up in the mountains, mm-hmm. and they had well, I had actually gone up there looking for water because I do water witching. Mm. And I had found an abandoned well that was dry, but it was about 16 feet deep yeah, and about seven feet across. And so they had, they were going to have a big like cleanup party up there because there's all these old farms and ranches because all the the water disappeared up there Mm -hmm. after, after something. And I went up there by myself um, with my two dogs to cover the well before they had their big cleanup party Mm -hmm. in a week and the edge collapsed, I guess. I don't remember this part, but I went in head first. I landed on top of my head and I broke um, seven vertebrae. Oh, my. A bunch of ribs i don't remember the number now but and i broke Mm. my fingers and my big toes um probably climbing out but i so you climbed out somebody didn't find you you climbed out i climbed out of the well and then apparently collapsed um but i woke up and, and I couldn't stand anymore. So I, I crawled um, on my hands and knees mm-hmm. for um, well over three days and spent two nights in the jungle. Oh, my God. Um, and it was very hot for Hawaii. It was in the high 90s. And I had no, I had no water. I had nothing with me. I just had on board shorts and flip-flops and my two dogs. And so I got, um, I was bleeding out of my ears 
because my dogs kept cleaning the blood out mm. of my ears. And at one point, I just maybe it's kind of like a dream. Well, one day I I crawled the wrong direction all day um, because I couldn't tell up from down anymore, and I didn't realize I was craw crawling, crawling uphill. Which in Hawaii, it's like if you are going uphill, you are going away from the ocean and you are going away from the road. And the road was about five, five miles away. Um, that might not be right. I'm really bad with numbers. <laughs> that could have been random. Um, it was a long ways away. And it, the area was in was behind a, a locked gate. Um, and unfortunately, I had just dropped my wife at the airport to go to Portland. And I was self-employed, so nobody really expected me to be anywhere. I was going to ask you, because you mentioned your wife, so the dog stayed with you rather than they just want to protect their master? They stayed with me, and there's a lot of like wild boars and stuff up there. I could hear them in the brush at night. Um, and at one point, I just remember like maybe on the third night just floating away into the sky and looking down and then seeing myself just lying there and seeing the dogs and then I decided and something in me was like well I can't leave the dogs there by themselves Aww. and came back I woke up and they were like licking my face and um I did make it, obviously, I, I made it out at the very end. Wow. Um, but it was a real struggle of maybe crawling for a minute and then collapsing and crawling for a minute and collapsing and so thirsty. Is the, <laughs> the one thing I remember is for some reason I was craving orange all I thought about was orange soda <laughs> with you know like that like that just horrible I don't know Fanta or Fanta yeah, yeah I was trying to think of one of the like, <laughs> and I remember having one afterwards and going oh my god these are awful <laughs> but, but that kept was, you going it was Wow. My, 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 so who found my, you or how did you get to somebody who could take you to the hospital? I crawled all the way to the highway and it's all Kiabi down there. So it's all thorns and it was pretty cut, cut, mm. cut, cut up. Um, I crawled, crawled to the highway and somebody stopped and they, I think they called it police after that I was out I barely I don't remember life flight I don't remember being in the in the hospital I think they kind of put you in a coma for mm -hmm. a while because 
my back was too broken up. And, but they also, um, yeah, I think I was in the, the hospital for t 10, 10 days mm -hmm. before they kind of woke me up and, and, and then they sent me to a rehab hospital. Did they treat mostly the, you know, I'll say the physical, yeah. you know, and the the TBI part of it, the brain injury part, was there also rehab for that or was the focus mostly yeah. on the physical? They, uh, they, can you, can you ask me that question one more time? No, I lost Did they it. focus on the the traumatic brain injury part of your injuries or is it more about the broken bones oh no they completely concentrated on the bro broken bones and in, and in fact they they discharged me out of the rehab hospital with nothing Mm. Um, what I, year was they, that? I'm sorry to interrupt. What year was that? I, I know uh, numbers. Year. Numbers. It's um, <laughs> two zero one six. Okay, 2016. Wow. Um, I I think this is common. Is when you have so in unless you have a fracture in your skull um if you have that many other injuries mm -hmm. that's what they con con concentrate on and they had me on so much morphine mm. um that confusion is kind of expected mm -hmm. um mm. but they did not notice uh i was partially blind they mm -hmm. didn't um notice or just vision cuts is what they're called i don't see from here over mm -hmm. and from there that down mm -hmm. uh, there's like a real quick neuropsych test that they give you that's maybe a couple minutes long oh, <laughs> you know it's kind of and they, I was like, I couldn't get the part. There was some really simple math thing. And it was like, I just at that point looked at it like, I don't even know what those symbols are. Mm. I don't even know what that is. And they just, there's, Hawaii is not a good place to have any major meta, medical problem. Everybody's very nice, but it's mm -hmm. very, over, over, overly crowd, crowded. And if you are from an outer island, mm -hmm. which Molokai is about as outer as you get, um, the outer islands have nothing. And so their big rush was to get me out and then get me home. Um, and it wasn't until... I, I'm not sure about the times. This is the other thing I lost was I have almost no sense of time. Mm. It's gotten better. You made the appointment. 
at least I I work on I have I work on alarms on my iPhone uh, to do almost a, anything. Mm. Um, but but my wife at the time start, started to notice, and I I was part of a, a, a lawsuit, and my my lawyer, who was an injury lawyer, was kind of like was talking to me and then pulled my wife aside. And, and at that point, I could barely speak. Mm. I had, and I had a very hard time understanding people. Mm-hmm. So I had hearing uh, aphasia pretty badly. Um, and he was the one that said, I think that your husband has a brain injury. And she didn't take it very well. We're no, we're no longer married, and that's mm, I'm sorry. That's pretty common um, among people. Mm-hmm. I was in a. I I ended up finally, I I went to a speech ther- therapist. I went to Honolulu. I went to like some speech therapy and the. I can't remember the names of the other therapies right now, mm-hmm. but it's the ones that everybody everybody does. And my speech ther- therapist just pull, pulled me aside and said, "You will not get any help here ever. You need to." She told me the name of a brain injury cl- brain mm-hmm. brain injury clinic in Portland. And she said, this is where you need to go. Don't even bother. Well, that was helpful advice. Extremely yeah. helpful. Yeah. Uh, I moved. I went to Portland, which is where I grew up. And my adopt my sister, who's my kind of adop, adop, adopted family, Mm-hmm. Um, I went and stayed with them. Oh, wonderful. And at that point, my wife left. And I'm sorry. This, yeah, it, it's just, this is not for everybody. So yeah. it is, that is what it so is. For better, for worse, it kind of sounds good, but when you live Yeah, there, and they are just funny, creative family of eccentric musicians and artists and it was exactly where I needed to be. Mm. I don't know if that was your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Um, can you can you tell me about uh, as you were even in the jungle and recovering the sense of who you are that's inside that um, where you weren't able to communicate that there, there was a gap between, there was some semblance of who you still were, but it's like the ecosystem around you had changed. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I, I woke up to a very confused world. And I don't know if the, my, it was, like one thing that happened to me which i didn't 
understand at first was I had no, no ability to visualize anything anymore. And so, and you know, I was a project manager, construction, worked in architecture kind of stuff for a long time. And I, I don't know, maybe this is common. Uh, it's like, when you wake up, you don't really realize what's missing mm -hmm. until you go looking for things. And I was, I was, um, it was like all my memories all felt like they all had been just scattered. There was no, there was no timeline left. I didn't really feel that. So I was having a hard time understanding memories or even having them because when you can't visualize a memory for me it doesn't exist mm. it's hard to find it's like it's blackness in there right is nothing um i couldn't visual i couldn't i still can't visualize numbers i still really can't visualize letters which is why i type because i can see them mm. Um, I can't write with my hand. I can write with my hand now, but it feels like somebody else's hand is making letters. Mm. Um, but it's very hard hard to was, I I came away not really knowing the person that I was before, um, kind of trying to discover who that was. But you catch on very quickly and what ha happened to me was people started telling me about my life and I just kept taking those in as the truth and as as actual memories I'm very good at confabulation where if I see a picture of somebody and then you tell me a story that goes with the picture I make it in I can attach it to other memories of that person mm -hmm. Um, clever clever our brains are, are clever our brains but are it's clever. scary because sometimes it's not true mm. um and eking eking those pieces out was very difficult and um the last 10 years before for my accident are probably 10 years i know the least about mm. And that was very upsetting. That's, I think, what upset my ex-wife the most, was not really remembering her mm. in, any, in any meaningful way. And many people, I find, find that that is like, they would be more com comfortable if you lost a leg. They could kind of get over it. Mm -hmm. the losing your the relationship oh. your relationship of them is de devastating to them and and strange and at one point uh, and i wrote about this i read this thing i think it's called like the uncanny valley or something when they make um and when they made animation at first like so real Mm -hmm. um, 
I think it was Arctic, the Arctic Express or something. People had this very adverse reaction to the people. And I kind of felt that in, in rooms full of friends, people looking at you like, it looks just like Maddie, he's almost real, but like there's something missing, right? There's something scary. There's something scary about brain stuff that that people are very uncomfortable with. I mean, that's just gotta be devastating, trying to imagine being in your place. Um, how did you get connected with the writing work here in Portland and how has that helped oh, or how has that played out for you? I had a, none of my stories are short because <laughs> I always have to, my, my partner is the same way. We both have brain injury. And so we tell these long rambling stories and they have to always start from the very beginning and go to the end and people are kind of like, <laughs> but uh, um, my therapist who was, uh, I still have in from Hawaii, the trauma, brain trauma, that's what she deals with. And she told me just to start writing every day. She said, it doesn't matter what you write. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like a journal. She was like, no, it doesn't matter. Just write. And I quickly r realized that all of the skills that I was m missing verbally, because my speech was at that point so bad, they all existed in writing. Mm. Like everything oh. I couldn't do. And when I wrote, I visualized ah. and it's almost like when I write I see a movie that I write about and that's how I write that's exciting and so I'm simply describing what I'm seeing and it was such a re relief mm -hmm. to have something in here mm -hmm. um, which at the same time I was learning to visualize things again, which was interesting because I used to look up here to see things. Um, and now I have to look over there because they don't exist over here anymore. Wow. So when I'm looking for, like when you look into your brain, oftentimes you look at the part of the brain you see things in. And so you, I look somewhere else now. But when I write, it's like, it's just like right here. It's just like a movie and I see it and I can't write about it. And so I wrote and I wrote reams and I wrote stories about my injury. I wrote the spiritual stories of my injury because for me, it became a spiritual experience mm -hmm. um, of dying, of rebirth, of living my dream world is full of animal spirits and forests. And that's like where I was living in my dreams. I could visualize perfectly too, because I would sleep so much. And so I wrote about it and I wrote about it and I painted. Like, mm. Colors for me are just 
were, I was like on an acid trip when I woke up. And so, um, oh, so then I went to Portland and I had this other thing that was going on where I thought I, like everybody I saw, I thought I recognized. Mm -hmm. And I saw a thing, I, I, and I saw a post from Lydia on my Facebook page. And I thought, and at that point, for some reason, nobody told me you didn't know everybody <laughs> on your Facebook page. So for one, I thought I knew her and just had probably just forgotten. Oh. And then, so she was, she, her and Dami were doing a thing for, um, oh, the misfit, misfit. Right. Misfits. Mm -hmm. Manifesto. And I went to it at, at which was kind of unbelievable because I didn't go to rooms full of people. It was like the noise was like too much. too much, but I thought I should go to this. And I was like, oh my God, these are my people. <laughs> and I went down to their office studio mm -hmm. thing, and which is to me unbelievable that I would... I was feeling so bad about myself at this point and so, so demoralized. Um, I actually went down there three times and never went in. Oh. And finally went in. And I think Domi was there. And we just sat down and it was like talking and the people that came in there. It was like all of a sudden I was exposed to people who were were like me in one fashion or another who were used to not really being part of society mm -hmm. so at that point I would get I would still get like asked to leave restaurants when I wouldn't be able to order or you know just I had to I still can't drive so I walked everywhere and you're kind of like this silent thing that just it's like I had I have certain feel for the street people because you're just kind of floating around out there yeah but it was like it was like I belong and That's I had this fabulous. place to go and That's they, fabulous. they they really at that point nobody had read my writing Mm -hmm. and Dami was like reading my writing and going oh this is really good stuff and it was like having somebody else like oh okay <laughs> and she would I would show her like the paintings I was doing and was it, it saved my life and then I took a writing class from Sonia Lay Mm -hmm. who teaches whose husband who wrote a book about her husband who had, had again I think of the word he had an operation lost too much blood blood mm. which was I also lost a, a, a lot mm -hmm. of blood and that was part part of my injury was just dehydration with a brain injury is not really what you want and blood loss 
Your story is so inspirational. And the fact that you connected with the misfit, you know, it just was um, coincidence that you happened to see that and then followed through on it. And yeah, Dami and Lydia, that, that whole, um, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. Oh, yeah, they are like my best, best friends now. And I realized I could make new friends that didn't have the his, history. Right, right. That were, right. cause for them, I was just Maddie, that was it. There was mm-hmm. no like, oh, he used to be the coolest guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him with, now. <laughs> with the couple of minutes that we've got left, cause of course I don't, I have the free Zoom, um, um, is if you had advice to give uh, a partner or, you choose if you had advice to give what advice would you give to people in interacting with somebody who's had a brain injury or just advice in general Um, sorry that was a lot of questions oh i i would just have patience and sit give them give them time because communicating is so so hard and and you know it's it's like you give them them to the time to express what what they what they need and it's it's like they're they're different they it's like they they are butterflies they just transform right mm-hmm. so um they're having the chance of a lifetime to to actually become something different. Wow. And so see it with with eyes like you're seeing a miracle, maybe. That's what I would tell people. That was a pretty fabulous jazz improv interview <laughs> you just did. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing and being open to share some of what you've gone through. I know that there are people who are on the whole spectrum of what kind of injury they had uh, and talk, listening to people tell their stories is helps people not feel that they're alone, even if their story is different. It's just listening to somebody. So um, you will help people by sharing this story. Well, I hope thank you. thank you for doing it because yeah it's it's hard I think there's a lot more help out there now yeah my so, way take care it was so nice meeting you nice to meet you bye-bye okay thank you okay thanks for joining me this month if you enjoyed this episode please tell your friends leave a comment and subscribe until next month Take a moment and hug someone you love.